0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside the one and only Wes Hodkiewicz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. West, our final show here before the 2019 NFL draft. And we'll get to some final thoughts on the draft a little bit later in the show. But first, I want to touch on the voluntary veteran minicamp that is going on here this week. At 1265, it's actually taking place across the street at the Don Hudson Center. A couple of practices, the first uh, time for Matt LaFleur, his coaching staff, to take the players out onto the field. Some real basic installation type of things going on, particularly on offense with the brand new playbook. But I think the interesting thing that we got a sense of yesterday when Matt LaFleur spoke with the media after practice is the the tone, the vibe that he's trying to set with the 2019 Packers. Because you know how it is, Wes. You've been here a few years now. I've been here going on 13 years. You walk around this building, you can't escape the history. The Packers Hall of Fame is right there on the main floor of the atrium. You walk around in the team facilities, there's murals on the wall representing all these iconic moments at Lambeau Field. You have all of the Hall of Famers and, and the championship banners and all of that kind of stuff. So you can't escape the history. But one thing Matt LaFleur is really trying to stress with his players and some of the changes that he made to the aesthetics around the team meeting room and things like that is there's a respect and a deference for history, but it's time to make your own history. Don't get too caught up in the past. Look forward.
1: Yeah, and I want to just recite this quote because as soon as LaFleur said it during the news conference, (laughs) uh, it immediately is something that resonated with me. Like, you know what? I think that's sort of a landmark statement he made. He said when he comes to the Green Bay Packers, obviously you respect tradition, the history, but for us in this football team, it's about making history. We'll always pay credit and respect to what's been done in the past, but for us it's moving forward. So I, I thought that was a really interesting thing he said because it yeah. was basically it came after a question about all the changes that have been made around maybe not the building per se if you're a fan coming here, but around the, the player facilities, the different lighting, the murals, the sayings that have been put up and really just an embodiment of what this organization is, not only historically in the past 100 seasons, but now one on 101 and moving forward. And, and I think that message has really resonated with the guys. Obviously Aaron Rodgers spoke a little bit about that at his locker on Tuesday, but then even Tremont Williams mentioning just a new energy, man, and just just a feeling, a freshness. I think sometimes that's what you need, uh, especially when you come off to back-to-back losing seasons like the Packers have done, you need something to give these guys a spark, not only in November, not only on September 5th, but right now in the heart of April as you're starting to establish your team. I don't want to say culture because that seems like it's almost become an overplayed cliche at this point, but Mm. it is about making your own mark, and I think Matt LaFleur in his own way first time stepping into a head coach's chair has really done that
0: well and I think he's recognizing the fact that he has an opportunity to capitalize on a significant amount of hunger in that locker room because when you look at it Wes there are only four players in that locker room who have won a Super Bowl absolutely Aaron Rodgers Mason Crosby Brian Balaga it was his rookie year 2010 obviously and Tremont Williams the rest of the locker room, and even when you're talking about accomplished veterans like Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis, they haven't won Super Bowls. Right. You know, So you have that dynamic now in in the locker room. It's been there for a couple of years, but now a new coach coming in, new coaching staff, a lot of freshness, a lot of newness to everything. Mike Pettin in year two with his defense. There's a there's a mentality to capitalize on. I think that's what Matt LaFleur is trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, and, and the other thing he said, too, is he really he loves this these guys. He loves that locker room. He's already gotten a really good response in terms of their energy level. This is a place that is accustomed to winning, has gotten used to winning. Even the 2016 draft class played in an NFC championship game. They know what it's like to be in the Final Four. They know what it's like to be in the playoffs, and they want to get back to that level. So, yeah. Everybody's buying in in that regard. This is the vision. This is the plan. This is what's going to take us back to that promised land. And right now, a very unique opportunity for the team this week. Voluntary mini camps. It seemed like guys are here dust till dawn right now. An opportunity seems, you know, we haven't had a chance to get on the practice field yet. Seems like attendance was really good for this week veterans, young players alike, and obviously trying to put that next foot forward before they jump back into phase two of the offseason program next week.
0: Yeah. Well, another bit of news that came out of the uh, the first day of practice. Um, well, we were aware of the news that Cole Madison, the fifth round draft pick offensive lineman from Washington State, was back with the team. He showed up for the first day of offseason workouts a couple of weeks ago after taking, essentially taking the year off last year, and he spoke to the media for the first time, and uh, you wrote a really nice story on our website. Certainly, uh, folks can check that out. I think the uh, uh, the primary message that Madison was trying to get across, or maybe two things: one, he had some personal mental health type issues that he needed to take care of, and two, he really appreciated the Packers giving them time and the space to do that. And now he's going to come back and try to get his NFL career started. Yeah,
1: and you know it's funny, Mike, because sometimes. I think we get into such a uh, regimented schedule, right? Where whether it's your work life, your personal life, uh, school, whatever you're going through, you just almost get programmed, right? You wake <laughs> up in the morning, you got to get the kids to school, you're in here, and you're off with your day. But I thought it was really important one thing Cole Madison really said and that football really didn't matter if he couldn't get his personal life squared away. And, yeah. and obviously, there was that quote saying that you know, if he didn't get all of his you know, chickens in a row, you know, he doesn't know if he'd even be here right now. I mean, it's just—it's that kind of thing, and it's something a lot of people deal with. And there obviously is a negative stigma attached to mental health. It's something I think people are still fighting in 2019 against. But as he said, you know, for a big, strong guy, six foot five, 308 pounds like him, it needed to be him going out and getting help, uh, talking with a counselor, being able to express some of these things. He mentioned his family was an absolute bedrock for him. Obviously, a lot of things have happened in the last couple of years. Washington State quarterback Tyler Halinsky, a guy that was very close with him. He obviously um, you know, committed suicide in January of 2018. Madison said that wasn't actually the thing that sort of led to all this. He said he'd been dealing with this for, for a long time before that. But the thing he learned the most from that is that those two were as close as friends could be. Yeah. Halinsky didn't know what Madison was dealing with. And Madison didn't know what his friend was dealing with. So to have that kind of open dialogue and discourse, the organization stood by him 110%. They understood there's something bigger at play here than this game, this profession. And he needed to take that year to do that. He also mentioned it was about the end of last year. He started to get that itch again to play football. He felt he was in a much better place mentally and as he said the Packers had th- his back during that time and now he wants to have theirs.
0: Yeah and I give him a lot of credit for uh you know walking in first day of practice so to speak the first day the media is in the locker room and and uh he walked out kind of dealt with the horde everybody has these questions they want to ask they want to try to understand what was going on and uh um you know he's a he's very sharp he's very well spoken and uh you know, bottom line is he looks like he's in a good place. And regardless of what happens with football, I mean, taking a year off and everything, I mean, who knows what that's going to mean in the long run here for his football career. But, uh, But the most important thing is, Cole Madison looks like he's back to being the Cole Madison that uh, that we first met when uh, when he was drafted and came in for the rookie minicamp last year, and, uh, and that's a great thing to see.
1: He mentioned, too, I mean, it was the first time recently, it's been the first time in a long time, he wakes up, he feels like himself again. He doesn't have those negative, dark thoughts kind of creeping up in his mind he's able to you know sort of see the the great things in life and in football something that always really mattered to him he he didn't watch it last year he he basically toned you know tuned out from it but he still loved the sport and and he came back in great physical condition he mentioned you know he thinks is obviously there's he has to get back in football shape and get you know get some you know contact but his conditioning is fine he he feels like he's basically in the same ballpark as far as his weight is concerned um so the only thing
0: that looks different is the long hair is gone. Yeah.
1: And as Aaron Rodgers <laughs> yeah. said, that actually was something that he caught him off guard at first. He didn't quite recognize him. Because if yeah. you go back and look at the photos from last year when he was here for the offseason program, long very kind distinctive of, look. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got the slick back sort of deal going on. Yep. Um but but be that as it may, that the thing I really do like about Madison is once he made the decision last year that he wasn't gonna come back for training camp, I don't see at all from the Packers' perspective, from his perspective. The need to push it to come back. You know how difficult that can be if you miss camp for an injury or whatever reason. Trying, especially as a rookie, to jump back in the fray, it's not easy. And who knows if he would have done that where his own mindset was at. For him to be able to sort of just reset, come back. And now, from the Packers' perspective, they got 10 draft picks and now they got a fifth rounder from last year coming in. It almost is like having an extra pick in there and some more competition for that outside, or you should say that offensive line room. He mentioned he played both center, and I think it was guard, actually, in practice yeah. on Tuesday. Little, so kind of stretching his versatility a little bit there, too, after he started for better part of three years, I think, at right tackle um, in, at uh, Washington State.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see, how, uh, we'll see how things unfold from here. You mentioned, obviously, the draft is coming up. I do want to get to a few more thoughts on that. But uh, the powerful noise-canceling technology that helps NFL coaches block out 80,000 screaming fans can get you closer to the music you love. Learn more at www.bose.com Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at Homer here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try, try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, Wes, draft day is almost upon us. The Packers have two picks in the first round on Thursday as it stands right now, number 12 and number 30. I'm going to throw some questions at you. We'll both uh, sort of throw out our own thoughts on this. First off, Brian Gutekunst going into this draft with 10 picks. How many players do you think he's coming out with?
1: I'm going to go with nine.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with 10, okay. but I think it's because he's going to make a couple of trades, one yeah. up and one back, and he's still going to end up with with 10 guys. But I definitely don't see him sitting and just picking all 10 in those spots.
1: My dark horse prediction, uh, four picks in the first 75. Is that what I, we have it yes, right? Yes, four in the first 75. One of those picks, somewhere along the line, they move up. I don't know okay. if it will be the first round, second, or the third round pick, but I think they do some flexibility there to go get a player. Okay.
0: Number 12 is the first one. Um theoretically, where the Packers will be on the clock. What do you, do you have any anybody in mind in particular that you think there's a good chance he'll be there and a good chance that Brian Gutekunst will take this player? Or what are your thoughts just in general right now on the number 12 pick? It's
1: a great question, Mike, because I'm sure you'll probably be asking about the 30 pick too. I think the options, I mean, I guess it's somewhat, it's, it's a no-brainer, but the options are going to be better at 12 than 30. I think 30 is going to be really really cluttered in terms of who falls to that spot right but at 12 I mean I think it's really going to depend on three factors is there a run on quarterbacks does somebody after Kyler Murray comes off the board wherever that is is there people that want to go up and uh, get Dwayne Haskins and get Drew Locker do those guys fall that's question number one right question number two is how high the skill position players go TJ Hawkinson where does he go um, you know, is there someone else that makes a run on uh, maybe a DK Metcalf or something after we heard, you know, maybe late first round for him. We know how quickly that can change. And yeah. the third question, it's the biggest one, and we addressed it uh, on our previous show, Montez Sweat. Does he, where does he fall? Even a guy now uh, like uh, Rashawn Gary out of Michigan with, I believe, the shoulder issue that he's dealing with now. How do people weigh that out? In my opinion, Opinion, I think offensive line is probably going to have the most options there for the Packers. I think there could be a couple of solid defensive line prospects. The rest of them are all basically single positions, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I don't, I can't imagine Devin White's going to be there, so is Devin Bush there. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at um, – who else I want to talk uh Brian Burns, with him being at 14 uh, on a lot of people's boards, probably in that range. Uh, Cleland Farrell. Just uh, – I, I think the bulk of the positions are offensive, defensive line – but you would imagine that one of those top players at those other positions will be available too. But who that is, I think we're going to find out on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a little bit of a limb here because you know me, I'm not big into predictions. But the fans always want to know what do we think, what are we predicting. All right, so I'm going to go back. My initial thoughts, the first thought, and I said this to you the day that we got all that news of all the free agents that Brian Gutekunst signed. Right at the start of free agency, my mind in the draft, immediately after signing two outside linebackers for the defense and a starting safety, my mind immediately went to Devin White, LSU. Yeah. Now, I don't think he's going to be there at 12 either, and I don't really think that Gutekunst is going to trade up from 12 and spend the draft capital that it would take to move up from there. That's just my gut feeling. So what I'm going to say is maybe the guy is devin bush at 12 the other devin the other inside linebacker before according to all the experts there is a huge drop off in terms of the inside linebacker talent the two Devons are the guys that are being talked about as first rounders so i think i just have a gut feeling that's a strong possibility the other thing that i that i really do think is is also a strong possibility anybody in that defensive front seven who is there, and as I said the other day on the show, offensive line as well. And if, if say, a Jonah Williams from Alabama, who is projected as a guy who could play guard or tackle in the NFL, chance to get him in the top half of the first round if he's there, um, I think that's another strong possibility just because it's the type of versatile Projected versatile lineman that the Packers like to have and like to be able to figure out along the way.
1: Absolutely, and I think uh, whoever ends up getting Williams is getting a really fine football player that, you know, is going to be able to come along and probably fill a spot when one of you know becomes available and maybe fill it for the next ten years after that. Uh, just for the sake of you know being able to make a pick, I'll go with Andre Dillard um, out of Washington, Washington State, State. A former teammate. Uh, of Cole Madison uh, with the Cougars. I really like him. Now, he doesn't have as much versatility, at least projected. He seems more like a tackle build. But I I still think – You know The Packers have some options inside. I think one of the big issues for them the last couple years is how they're going to handle the tackle spot if somebody goes down. Justin McRae has done an amazing job of being able to fill that, but as everybody has sort of talked about for the better part of two years, McRae's not a a prototypical tackle. So I think you get another guy in the developmental system. If Dillard's there, I think he could be a really good pick for them.
0: Yeah, all righty. Then the other thing, we'll close the show on this at the end of the first round at number 30. You said you thought one of the first four picks was a spot that Brian Gudikunst might trade yeah. up. Um, if this I is were enticing. to if, if I were to pick if I were to pick one of those four that I think is the most likely possibility of a trade up for some reason, I'm thinking it's 30. Where there's there might be somebody sitting there at 25, 26. I'm not talking about a huge jump up, right. but somebody who's sitting there in the mid 20s that Gudikunst says I really want that guy and he's just not going to last to number 30 if I sit here so i just and i don't know necessarily who that player is going to be it'd be hard for me to necessarily project that but um, I think if if one of those four picks, first four picks, like you said, is the is the trade-up spot, I think number 30 might be the one that get the, where the trade-up happens.
1: I'm going to give you four names as far as 30 could be concerned. The okay. first one that jumps out to me is Jeffrey uh, Simmons out of Mississippi State. This is a guy. Definitely
0: came out, a guy to keep an eye on.
1: Came out as a true junior. Uh, he could have easily been a top-ten pick if he didn't tear his ACL before the combine. Maybe even
0: top five. Absolutely. Was what was being said.
1: He's probably not going to play this year. Packers are pretty deep on the defensive line yet so you could actually weather not having him this season but his upside man 64301 this is a guy that uh, I think can be a really big disruptive force inside. Kenny Clark's going to be a, uh, a staple in this defense for years to come. Brian Gutekunst said it's only a matter of time before they pick up his fifth-year option. Right. You would imagine this next year is going to be dedicated to trying to extend Clark, who's only 23 years old, and accomplish so much that he already has in this league. Simmons could be a guy that you could really pair with him at that spot. Dalton Reisner, uh, if the Packers don't go offensive line, well, even if they, who knows what they want to do, but yeah.
0: Dalton Reisner. I uh, uh, And, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this again too. I said to you at the Combine, I think I've said it on this show, Dalton Reisner being part of his uh, press conference at the Combine in Indianapolis, there's just something about his demeanor, the way he talks, the way he carries himself that just speaks... Green Bay Packers offensive yeah. lineman to me I have to think that uh, that he's a good possibility somewhere here in the within the first couple of rounds of the draft but you never know how it's going to fall Doesn't
1: he kind of remind you of a TJ Lang type too? I Absolutely. mean he comes from a bigger program than yes. Lang did but yes. a bigger taller guy but probably could play inside if they need him to uh, it seems like he'd be a good fit for the system that yeah, they want to run. That,
0: that it, there's definitely reminders of a guy like TJ when you, when you get to know Reisner
1: The other two I want to just touch on really quick Marquise Brown uh, is more of a slot type uh, receiver out of Oklahoma very dynamic uh, only five nines so I don't know what we would find maybe something out about how Brian Gutekunst feels about guys that are that <laughs> small uh, but but a really dynamic football player I think is going to help a team at the next level and then finally just to close on Nasir Adderley I, I did a uh, a pick in Jacksonville yesterday for some station in Jacksonville. and and Adderley oh, um, was actually the mock one draft. Mock draft. Okay, gotcha. Adderley was actually the one I picked at 30 because it was just a ridiculous board before that. Like people <laughs> got overdrafted. There were quarterbacks falling. It didn't really make any sense. But Adderley, we've talked about him ad nauseum at this point, but a very big playmaker. Could help them settle down the safety spot. The Packers, at this point in time, with the way that Mike Petton wants to use safeties, you probably need to be three or four deep there, adding another guy like Adderley. I think could really help them. And I don't know if he'd be available at 44. So yep. could also be an option at 30.
0: All right. Well, with that, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted because we've got three really busy days of work ahead of <laughs> us. But it is the highlight of the offseason, the upcoming NFL draft. And we'll go from there. Be sure to... Like us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast if you get a chance. And also you can follow him on Twitter at West Hod. I am at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.